So, so we're uh, we're already off to a bad start. A fucking terrible start. Yeah. Um. And I'm just gonna. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear my cat in the microphone. No, you can put him up to the microphone. He's being annoying. So I'm. Put him up to the microphone. I just did. <laughs> I'm leaving all this in. Apollo, do you want to? No, please do. It's more interesting than this show. Absolutely. Do you want? Does Apollo? Have something I'm not he wants a crazy cat lady. Does Apollo have something he wants to say to the Apollo, fans? Apollo, do you want to say anything? Oh, hi, monkey. Thank you. Titans! Everybody, Sweet. welcome. What's up, everybody? <laughs> it's another fucking week of Titans. Titanomaki coming at you right here. Welcome to the Titanomaki podcast. I'm Brad. You realize that the show's already finished, and I'm Hayden. <laughs> Hayden's eating dinner and playing with her cat, and I'm fucking with my microphone, and it's just, it's its a great week already. Um, so It's a professional <laughs> studio. What are you talking about? This is highly professional. I don't know what you want from me. This is so professional, I have to literally start this episode with a series of corrections from previous episodes of me saying shit that I did not know. So, the corrections I need to list are pretty simple things about TV that I was not terribly aware of. So, previous episodes, I was stating that, you know, part of the reason that this show probably feels disjointed is because there's multiple directors on it, meaning that there's multiple hands in the pot to sort of stew it around, sort of too many cooks in the kitchen. So, that's apparently a common thing on, uh, especially American TV. It's probably common in other countries' TV shows, but I didn't look that up. Most shows like Heroes, which I use as a direct comparison point for Titans if you've not watched this show before, all of those use multiple directors normally because filming it is in a tight space of time. You do it over the course of a couple days per episode, so then the directors usually like to record one or two episodes and then spend a lot of their time in post making sure the episode comes out how they want it to, whereas the showrunner, who's the person who's really kind of in charge of things, oversees the entire production itself uh, while, you know, individual directors handle their episodes. Ah, okay. I didn't know that. I looked it up. Greg Walker. Greg Walker's the showrunner on Titans. He was a producer on Smallville, and he wrote for X-Files and Smallville. From that, okay, we can kind of assume that that's probably the trajectory that we're going in, which is to say, kind of interesting start. And uh, then crashing and burning because he runs out of ideas halfway through. Um, but at the same time, uh, I mean, you know, this hasn't had a good start. So, so, so we're uh, we're already off to a bad start. He's had a fucking terrible start. There are multiple writers on the show. Very normal for uh, TV. Yeah, that's common for TV, even for movies. So the people that are credited, and it's impossible to say who had like primary writing power here. The writers listed are Akiva Goldsman, Jeff Johns, Greg Berlanti. Episode 2, by the way, all Akiva Goldman. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay adaptation for iRobot Beautiful Mind. I don't know that movie really, but it apparently won a Oscar, I believe. You'd think it'd be better, because iRobot was great. And then he also wrote Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. Well, those. I really liked iRobot. Yeah. Oh. He's a uh, he's very I was gonna say he's very hit or miss writer there because I loved iRobot it scared the piss yeah. out of me as a kid but I loved it yes um, and especially I'm like so Detroit Become Human is basically iRobot and I love Detroit Become Human so fair there you go problems exist in both uh, we can 
Go ahead. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. But don't even worry about that. We're talking about another we're, shitty product here. We hate everything on this show. Um, we sure do. So the uh, the other writers listed on Wikipedia, which was my source for this, are Richard Hatem, because we hate him. Um, Marisha Mukherjee. I'm very sorry. I don't mean to butcher your name, even if I don't like your writing. Uh, Greg Wa- Mukherjee. Greg probably. Mukherjee. Mm-hmm. I have no I idea. I don't know. That's just how I read it. Muck or G. I don't know. Anyway. That's my joke. Uh, Let's just say McCurgy, Greg Glocker, Brian Edward Hill. Gabrielle Stanton and Jeffrey David Thomas. I'm going to blame all of the terrible mistakes on Jeffrey David Thomas just because he's the last on the list. <laughs> so It's your fault, Thomas. This is just me sort of trying to correct myself by saying like, oh yeah, it's so-and-so's fault, it's so-and-so's fault. In previous episodes, there are things that go into the production of American TV that can cause problems. The writer's room issue might be one where it's multiple writers not necessarily agreeing. And some of these writers literally worked on different episodes, so it's difficult to say how much those scripts really meshed with each other that much or met with each other. Again, Akiva Goldsman wrote all of episode two all by himself. At least that's what Wikipedia says. So, uh going to be some continuity issues and then of course there's editing there's like the video editing that happens afterwards there's what the directors want the editing for their episodes to look like and then there's what the showrunner wants there's what the network wants there's what dc wants there's all of these different factors here that uh make titans the beautiful mess that it is so whenever we insult the show i want you to take note that it's more a series of moving parts that have caused this disaster. No one creative person behind this is really to be blamed for it, in my opinion. Uh, if anything else, yeah. the gigantic corporation that owns DC, which I think might be Time Warner, which might be owned by GE, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, blame GE. Blame General Electric. That's that's what my podcast is all about. This is what our podcast is entirely about, just blaming... <laughs> Everything on when mega corporations. When it all comes down to it, y'all, blame General Electric. General Electric it should be blamed for Titans. All right, so uh, that brings us into the episode <laughs> where we have the uh, the anti-sponsorship of GE. GE, please sponsor us. We'll take your money. Do you want to read the recap? Would you like me to? Do you want to read the recap? Because, uh, I mean... I'll do yeah, it. Go for it. My dog just got in the room, so if he makes noise... Um, I'm not cutting it out. Don't. All right. Dramatic reading time. So basically in this episode, Starfire has tracked down Raven back to the U.S. You know, because she was in, where was she? Germany? Germany. I don't remember anymore. She was in Germany right, and cool. then she Great. fought some I Russians. correctly. Yep. Because that's how that works, I guess. Titans, baby. It's yeah, all Titans. Starfire's back in the U.S., yay starfire tracked raven back to the u.s and you know she sees her get kidnapped by the nuclear family i almost said nuclear and that would have been incorrect anyway by the family of uh, weapons of mass destruction (laughs) yeah she sees her get kidnapped sees raven get kidnapped and she goes to you know raven's house where you know her mom got murdered maybe her mom we don't know it's not very clear she had an ugly wig uh, she finds a lot of stuff there that's, like, from a convent where Raven was born, which was the St. Paul's Church. So, from there, Starfire kind of beats up or maybe kills a pair of cops. It's not exactly clear, like most things in this show. It's, no. you know, 
And they're like, no, they don't kill people, even though, you know, whatever. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. And she just, you know, I was about to say, it's like, you know, she kills, like, she goes and finds Raven and she saves her from the nuclear family. Because Raven, basically, she, like, is like, oh, I got to go pee. And they're at a gas station. So she goes into the bathroom and the nuclear family is clearly, like, bad at their job or something. Because they let her go into the bathroom alone. And... They're just like, yeah, just come out. Come out right now. But she's in there just, like, trying to get out another way, like, through a window or some shit. So Starfire comes up on the scene and uses her fire powers because that's what Tamaranians have. And she uses her fucking fire powers or whatever to burn the nu- the father of the nuclear family to a crisp. She nukes I'm dead. realizing now. She she nukes dad. She nukes. There's the no dad fight, by the, the way. Nuclear family. There's no fight. She's straight up just like, boo. She just fucking kills him right there. Just there, whatever. I mean, I was about to say there's no reason for it. I'm like, no, there's a lot of reason. He's a, for it, he's a piece of shit. What whatever. The fuck is this but show? yeah, uh, this show is a piece of shit. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> she kills the nuclear the dad of the nuclear family and takes raven and then she ends up taking her to the saint paul's convent uh but before that they stop over at a roller rink and she goes like back and forth with you know robin about like leaving starfire behind and then leaving they raven decide behind? to yeah raven you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i meant <laughs> There's, does it really matter I, for <laughs> for the audience we but, uh the, these notes are leaving another scene out but that's further down in the section about raven because we forgot yeah it's we we touch on it we we did whatever just keep going keep um, going but robin and yeah robin and starfire wind up dropping raven off at the convent and they're like they think she's gonna be safe and fine uh starfire ends up getting like a key from the nuns or whatever and it takes her to a storage facility where she finds some notes in Tamaranian about Raven causing the end of the world and then you know because Robin is such a classy guy he bar- uh, he barges in on Starfire because uh, you know she stole his car and that's I like my car you stole my car quote, I like my car I like my car it's like and you're a piss baby. Shut up. Robin has a bike. I, Robin has a bike. Robin has a bike. <laughs> Whatever. This show is inaccurate and stupid. Yeah. Um, re- sorry, my dog is having a field day with my fingers. That sounds way worse when it came out of my mouth. He's biting me. Do you do you need to uh, <laughs> do you need to toss him out? No, no, it's fine. We no, it's fine. We'll keep going. Um, but yeah, Starfire steals Robin's car. He likes his car because he's a piss baby. And then, you know, they see the church get exploded and they go back because Raven is like, I'm I'm listening to my evil voice and oh shoot, it's exploding. Yep. If you haven't listened to the show before, the way that we actually take these notes, we just go character by character as opposed to jumping between what characters are doing. Just so we can uh, yeah, keep all the lines straight. So we start off with Robin after Nuclear Family beats up him, Hawk, and Dove. So Robin, at first, is just sort of hanging out in the hospital 
where Dove is pretty much dying and Hawk is just like... Accurate. Uh, I believe that's transcribed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then he's like, all right, gotta, gotta go get raven back also he gets a phone call that his partner was killed in the last episode which we fucking called episode when we were like she's gonna die she didn't even get to sleep with him which i mean you know points on them for not doing that because at least yeah. i was gonna say at least give her something <laughs> yeah she she did not but the, no. the writers did not make her sleep with robin so kudos to her she's dead as i mean though. kudos to them but but also what else is she there for? And he doesn't even really give a shit. Like, what was her purpose? No, he doesn't. And neither do we, because what was she really there for? Also, I'm going to say, I'm sorry. The audio on my end is going to sound a little different because I'm not recording in my booth. So you're good. Sorry. Actually, no, you're not good. You're banned from the podcast. Um, so <laughs> welcome to the Titanic. No, please don't. Leave. <laughs> don't leave me here with them. <laughs> don't. I won't maybe dear god uh so that's the end of the titanomaki podcast everyone all right um robin uh hope you enjoyed listening i hope you enjoyed bye uh robin then from there basically doesn't give a shit that she died like it's pretty much the same as if they said oh the nuclear family blew up your apartment or just like looked through your things like he takes it as being mildly disappointing so yeah, pointless character. Yeah, it's like oh, okay. Whatever. What a bummer. Uh, uh, then he finds the uh, dead body of nuclear dad at the gas station, manages to somehow track down Raven and Starfire uh, to this roller rink. Basically, just yells at Starfire for taking Raven, then yells at Raven for leaving. Uh, Raven in the parking lot freaks out and yells, which breaks a bunch of car windshields. Not Robin's, though. Robin's is fine. Uh, they drive her he to the He likes comet. his car. He does like his car. Possibly because it's Raven's scream-proof. Robin talks to the nuns a little bit about lore stuff for Raven, and then, you know, as we said, see Starfire steal his car. He goes, yells at her, I like my car. They go and see the church explode. Interplayed with all of this, by the way, is a flashbacks of a young Richie Grayson right after his parents dying, being brought to presumably an orphanage, and then being told, hey, you're going to be adopted by this great guy named Bruce Wayne. And they won't stop saying Bruce Wayne. There's no subtlety. It's just in your face. It's Batman. Bruce Wayne brought Richie Grayson into his house <laughs> and just left all the lights off and refused to talk to him. Refused to let Alfred talked to him. There, there's no one else in the house. He just has him wander from dark room to dark room, stalking him like a creepy fucking predator in a movie. Like he's gonna <laughs> fucking come out and molest him at any second. And then, of course, fucking Richie Grayson runs away. And then at the orphanage, the social worker's like, listen, you gotta give Bruce Wayne a chance. You have to stay there. She's also like, by the way, dude, your, uh, your parents were murdered. Like, because, you know, you need to tell a kid that. And then she's like, well, what do you want to do? And then he's like, I'm going to kill the people that killed my parents. And she's like, no, you got to go live with Bruce Wayne. He's great. He's fantastic. I love Bruce Wayne. I am definitely not being paid by Bruce Wayne to tell you these things. So he goes back. And again, I think it happens t three times. The first time he runs away. The second time he steals Bruce Wayne's car. 
And then the third time, she just sends him back. And like a fucking psychopath, Bruce Wayne leaves him a note saying, you can channel your anger elsewhere, essentially. Saying like, hey, kid. Yeah, basically. I adopted you specifically to teach you how to beat up people to fucking deal with your problems instead of in any way trying to emotionally get over your parents' death. I'm going to teach you how to go on weird revenge fantasy trips like I do. Which maybe that's what they're going for, but, uh... Man, it's like they're building up Batman to be the villain of this show, which is a thousand percent not what I think they're going for. Because it might be like, well, maybe in, in you know, Robin's mind, he's not great. But again, first episode, Robin's like, you know, I really respected him. But, like, there's no reason to. He's a fucking creep. He's a fucking creepy but weirdo. Fuck Batman. He's a fucking creepy well, weirdo in this Batman. show. He fuck sure Batman. is. Everyone... Everyone in this show is a weirdo and has no real substance as a person. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Batman's a creepy weirdo. Uh, let's turn back to Raven. Well, let's uh, let's stop by Beast Boy for a second, who's not written down here. Beast Boy's hanging out at the roller rink. He uh, sees Raven playing a game at an arcade. And he's immediately like, you're doing good at that arcade game. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> and then uh, Robin comes over and Beast Boy leaves. Teenagers. Yeah, that's it. And then Beast Boy is gone. Yeah, gone that's into the it. Ether. Uh, so Raven's yep. byline for this episode is, as Hayden said, she's trying to break out of the bathroom. Uh, bathroom gets exploded by Starfire. She's hanging out in the car with Starfire and Starfire's like, I don't know. I just picked you up uh hope that it all works out i need to know about myself and um yeah she's like do you know who i am apparently i'm looking for you it's like what well that's the red flag right there yeah crazy lady she has raven stop with her to get some food at a diner a guy at the diner gets real rapey and weird with uh one of the waitresses so Starfire tells Raven to go wait in the car, and then she beats the shit out of the guy, who also has two goons with him for some miscellaneous reason. Uh, just beats the shit out of them, and uh, doesn't kill them, thankfully, as far as I know. Uh, <laughs> as far as I can recall, she doesn't kill them, she just kicks the shit out of them. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she doesn't, because if I recall correctly, the waitress is like, here you go, have some food for the road, too. And then they leave, and Raven seems yep. charmed by this. So then they run to the roller rink, Starfire stops over, and Robin is, uh, you know, there. They argue a little bit. So Raven, again, arcade machine, awkward with Beast Boy, goes to the convent. She's really happy with um, all the nuns there. Uh, really enjoys them, uncharacteristically happy to see them. Maybe just because they're nice to her, but again, this Raven is more like a kid where she's just happy because she's like, oh, it's my room from when I was a baby. Oh, it's a doll. I love this creepy fucking doll. It's like all the, like, very bright, girly. Yeah, and hugs it, which yeah. is... Yeah, they made her very girly in this episode, which is not what they were going for in previous episodes, and it's very I mean, perplexing. like, I guess that they're trying to really play her as a traumatized child, but, again, they really vary on how much she's that. I don't blame the actress at all. She's doing the best with the scripts that she got. Again, we, we talked about it before. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, So that happens. The nuns there are like, oh, well, we'll protect you. And, uh... If I recall correctly, they drug 
something that she's drinking or eating, and then they take her to what is essentially a cell. They drug her tea. Yes, and then they take her to a cell. She's sitting, praying to God, and they're like, here, have some tea. Aren't you not supposed to have food in here? It doesn't matter. Drinks tea is drug take- yes. taken to cell. There's a little yes. short Yes, and the, uh, the cell is there to make sure that when her, I think it's her 18th birthday or 16th birthday or some shit, uh, who knows, maybe maybe it's a full moon. I don't know. Um, if it's like the show, it's a birthday. Like the show, like the cartoon. It's a birthday, but uh, I can't remember right now. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you'll, uh, you'll wait out the Trigon thing, you'll thank us later, you'll stay in this cell, which is not a terrible cell. She's, like, able to move around and stuff. She's got a bed, bathroom. It's, it's kind of shitty, but I mean, like, yeah. Only problem, they put a mirror in there, and unfortunately, Raven's evil side pops out in mirrors so mere evil raven blows up the church whole thing would have worked if uh didn't put a mirror in there or if they just didn't put her in a cell everything probably would have been fine or who knows the nuclear family would have showed up and killed all the nuns anyway hard to say and then the nuclear family uh sands their dad who got nuked goes to this facility in this city where they go up an elevator and uh, it seems like they're being offered poison at the entrance with candy. Uh, they talk to this guy, who's essentially the healing guy from Heroes. He's just this creepy scientist guy who mentions that he designed the nuclear family. He seems like he's going to kill them. He mentions that Trigon is going to come back, or maybe it's just Satan, who the fuck knows. Um, says that Raven is the key. He says that they're still useful because they want to see the world after Trigon is reborn. And he goes, well, I got to get you a new dad. And that's their bit for the episode. They don't fight or anything. I think that covers everything for the episode of Things That Textually Happened. Are you remembering anything that I'm not? Yeah. No, I I think it's pretty clear. That's basically the episode. I'm just... (sighs) You doing okay there, champ? I'm just so disappointed. No, I'm good. I'm just so disappointed. Yeah, I mean, uh... I wanted. I wanted to like it. I wanted to believe it could be good, and it's just not proving itself. And my boyfriend actually told me, like, how the season caps off, and I'm like, are you for real? Well, whatever. I'm not going to spoil it here. I'm sure a lot of people listening have watched the show all the way through. If they're anything like me, they'll probably binge watch. But I just... (sighs) The show is not binge-worthy. It's just... I thought this episode overall... They actually tried to... I will say, they actually tried to give us a story. They did try. Like, it didn't feel quite as disjoint... I will give it some props. Instead of just crapping on it all the time. I will give it some props. Um, It did try to be a little bit more cohesive than the last couple episodes. I know this is only episode three. So I still have room to be even more disappointed. Uh, They could have cut out... I realize why they put Beast Boy in, because they did hint at him at the end of episode one. Not so much hint, but they showed him at the end of episode one. And I understand they had to give him some kind of connection to the rest of the group. Somehow, because he has nothing to do with that story at all. But I felt like he he just didn't need to be there for the story that they were trying to tell. He was just so shoehorned in. What are you hey, laughing you're about? You're doing pretty good at that arcade game, Raven. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good at this arcade game. <laughs> and that's their scene. 
<laughs> That's all they say to each other. Really. Yeah. That exactly. No, exactly. It's just like he didn't need to be there. The only reason was to like show that Raven had like a fun side or whatever. And I'm like I'm just really disappointed with the treatment of these characters because a big reason it pisses me off is not just because I'm like, yeah, Raven's my favorite character, but it's the treatment of all the characters. These are such beloved characters that have been, like, created over time. They've had a lot of different versions. And yeah, this is just another version of these characters, but it just doesn't fit with anything that's come before. Yeah, I mean, all right. And it it's really disappointing to see because, you know. Yeah. Like, a lot of these people have written, like, a lot of people on the writing team have had, like, experience writing some really good projects. But this is just really disappointing overall. And the story was a lot more cohesive and coherent than the last couple episodes, especially yeah. episode one. But it was still... Eh. I mean... <laughs> That's, that is my rating out of 10 for the show. It's a eh out of We're, 10. Well... We're only, what, like a, we're just under a fourth of the way through, or just over a fourth of the way through. Uh-huh. We gotta get through the rest. Um, <laughs> so I want to say that, like, I think that it makes sense to do different adaptations of characters because you want to do something different. Yeah, of course. At a certain point, you have to go, well, then, Starfire is a fairly defined character. If you're gonna do Starfire where she's, like, this femme fatale, like seductress detective lady i mean that's cool as a trope but like why bother calling her starfire he could have just named her something else exactly it's like why not make that a side character for your show that has something to do with um the whole cult of raven or whatever that could be a whole separate character and why not keep Starfire as the Starfire that we've all grown to love? Bring in the bubbliness of the cartoon. Like, she's always had this really bright, bubbly personality. She was a slave. The reason she has, like, her star bolts and shit like that is because, like, she was experimented on. Like, I've been going back and looking into, like, the comics and the history of all these characters because we've been doing this project and, or this podcast. And it's really disappointing to see them fall so far away from the place that we love them yeah. at, you know I mean? I'd even say that, you know, if you change the name of the show from Titans to, I don't know, let's say Save Me, and Save Me is in reference to, well, it's in reference to Evanescence, Save Me! But what I mean by that is you'd use that in the promo. <laughs> you'd use <laughs> that in the promo, would. and it would just be about Raven, who would just be called Rachel. There's no Raven motif, who's just a girl who's the Antichrist. And then a cop who goes too far, who's, you know, Richie Grayson here. And then it's Starfire, who could just be a spy, who could just be, like, a normal spy who was, like, part of the cult of Trigon. Like, that would be a show. It would be a serviceable show. You wouldn't even need, like, Beast Boy. It's yeah. just... All of the things that are Teen Titans in this show actually feel out of place in the show that they're trying to make. Like, all the all the robin stuff exactly it doesn't yeah. feel like they're even trying to adapt sorry i didn't mean to cut you off they're not trying to adapt titans they're trying to just take these characters and make a fan fiction with them that's how this feels this show feels like a fan fiction 
Yeah. It's an AU. You know what this show is? It is a fan fiction AU on Wattpad. I'd go so far as to say that it's like the um the Star Fox Adventures thing, where Star Fox Adventures, if anyone listening is not familiar, was an adventure game developed by Rare that was initially going to just star a random Fox protagonist and was going to be a standard adventure game working off of that. I think it was supposed to be called Dinosaur Planet. And then Shigeru Miyamoto showed up and was like, hey, your character kind of looks like Star Fox. You should just make that Star Fox and call it Star Fox Adventures. So all the complaints from Star Fox Adventures, aside from the game, of course, being tedious and monotonous on its own, came down to, well, it doesn't play like a fucking Star Fox game. So it seems like this show was a little bit of a Dinosaur Planet situation where they wrote this like gritty action show and they were like, well, why don't you just shove in Teen Titans in there? Like, it, all of these characters... If you, yeah, that's honestly yeah. how it feels. If you changed all these characters' names and you changed some of the backstories, like, I'd barely be able to tell that it's Teen Titans. Yeah, you, it's... If you had no previous knowledge of Teen Titans or the Titans comics at all, you could literally just take out everything related to, like, Teen Titans or Batman and Robin or anything like that, and you would have a little bit more of a coherent show. You could just make a yeah, superhero show. it doesn't show. even need to be superheroes. It could just be about this cult and a cop who's exactly. trying to stop them. And I, I gotta say, the idea of save me as a show seems like, yeah, that'd be watchable. But uh, let's get into our notes for the episode for some other things that are worth talking about when it comes to this, because a lot of it comes down to, well, is this a Teen Titans show or not? Yeah. Because uh, the things that make it Teen Titans are arguably the things that make it bad. Let's start with Hawk and Dove themselves. So normally whenever you watch a recap for an episode, like previously on Titans, you would see all the important things that happened in the last episode. And obviously Titans has that. Hawk and Dove, who were the primary subject of the previous episode, entitled Hawk and Dove, do not appear in the recap, except for Dove getting kicked off the fucking roof by the nuclear family. That's all that matters. The writers and editors of the show do not think they matter. I doubt they will show up again in any tangible way. Probably not. Yeah, so fucking... Uh, Let's be real. <laughs> they don't matter. So why have Hawk and Dove in the show? Just to be cameos of characters that show up? Yes. Ha Dove is kind of nice, but wants to fuck Robin. Hawk is just sort of a douchebag. And then they are just gone. What else are they there for, really, though, Brad? Really? <laughs> it's just shitty. It's, it's no, like, it's oh, awful. And I, I guess... <laughs> well, because you get one of two things. If you know Hawk and Dove, you're disappointed because it's like... Wow, I'm kind of bummed that those characters are just gone now. If you don't know them, you're like, oh, those are two random characters. I guess they're gone now. Also, again, yeah. cannot stress this enough. Hawk and Dove, really fucking brutal fighters. Dove, like, slashes people with her fucking wings. Yeah, no, she... And Robin's supposed to be the violent one. Yeah, and it's like, he, he's, he, he's gone too far. But, you know, that's my impression of Hawk. Please cast me. Uh, cast me for the next season. I will play Hawk Jr. It'll be great. Yep. <laughs> uh, hello, play Hollywood. Eagle. Hello, Hollywood. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, yeah. Dear God. You're welcome for that segment. You're very welcome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, this show doesn't need to have the name Titans on it. 
it's just <laughs> no. it's not a great show and it's not a great Titans adaptation and I'm gonna stand by that like even till the end of the show it's just disappointing it feels like one episode is just one disappointment after another they don't really know where they're trying to go with it and how it yes you can have multiple writers on a project but it is so important that those writers talk to each other or you have like someone helming it that actually knows what the hell they want out of the show because a big thing for me is that it feels like they don't know what the end game was going to be. They had an idea, but they didn't really know what they wanted to do. Well, yeah. They're like, eh, yeah, we can shoehorn that. Oh, shoot, we forgot about Beast Boy again. Uh, just throw him in an arcade. It's fine. Based on what I know of Smallville, uh, going off of Greg Walker's previous works and consequently DC's previous works on live action adaptations of their superhero comics, uh, it's a lot of, I kind of want to write this show just about these characters. I'm not terribly interested in writing too much about like the characters from the comics or really even going into what they're like in the comics. Clark Kent in Smallville is not terribly like Superman. Lex Luthor is kind of fascinating a little bit, but it's mostly about like his relationship with his dad, who's like completely made up. Weird. So I mean, like, I mean, if you want to also read into Titans as being like, oh yeah, there's obsessively something with your dad whenever you write anything about like young male characters i don't know that much about x-files i don't know if like malter or scully i know nothing like some weird fucked up relationship with their dad but like i don't know maybe greg walker has something going on that we uh we don't need to know about probably Um, but Um, it's hollywood but like again we we run into the problem of if you're going to make a show that you just kind of want to be a show that runs on its own and you don't even want to really think about what the source material is too much outside of just, again, throwing in names and costumes. Uh, don't do that. Just make your own show. Exactly. Do else with just it. make a, uh, your own unique concept. If you're a writer, I'm sure there's something floating around in your brain that you can make a show out of. Do you like Starfire in this? No. Like, just ignore the name Starfire. Do you like her? I think she's interesting. She's not well written, but I think she has like some potential to be an interesting character. But it's very hard to separate the fact that they've tied her to the name Starfire and not have preconceived notions. Right. I feel like that's something that's hindered the show is that there are these preconceived notions of all these characters. Right. And I feel like it would have benefited them to either do their own show with this concept. Because they could have taken this concept and run with it. You could have a... Going to keep saying the show Save Me was what this was originally pitched as. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. But honestly, it's like you could have a cop who's gone who's gone wrong and who's trying to figure himself out and is working as a vigilante on the side because he doesn't know what... He doesn't... He feels lost. Yes, you can do that. That would be interesting. You can have a young girl who's trying to figure herself out. It's a cop who takes the law into his own hands. Yeah, exactly. You could do something with that. You could have a girl who's lost her memory and is in Germany for some reason and, you know, is a little bit murdery. You can do something with all of these characters that they have crafted you can do something with a young kid like Beast Boy in this who's on the run and, you know, 
something like that. We know nothing about Beast Boy, so I don't really have anything to go on. But that would be interesting. You could do something really interesting with that. But because the writers are tied to the Titans' name, and they probably already have preconceived notions of these characters in their brain, it's really hindering what the show could be. So they either go do their own original thing, or they stay true to what Teen Titans was. Like, doesn't have to be the show. We've had the show. We don't need to rehash it. Yeah. And we've had the comics, but it would be... And the movies. The movies aren't great, but they still are there. But they're still there. And it's like, you could do something really interesting with a live-action Titans show, but I feel like they're doing it so poorly. And they are doing it so poorly, and it sucks. There's my rant for the episode. (laughs) You good. Uh, I think that, because I want to get into a little bit of this, because I wanted to briefly talk about just how well-written these characters are, ignoring that they're Teen Titans. <sighs> what I wanted to talk about very quickly was that, you know, when you adapt a show, even if you want to say, like, a wildly different adaptation can kind of be interesting. I, for one, hot take, like the Prince of Persia movie, even though it's completely different from the games. Not a bad movie. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Jake Gyllenhaal's good in it. I thought it was a charming movie. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're going to take... Something like Teen Titans, where it's sort of a character show. Well, it's a character thing for the most part, uh, especially the cartoon originally was. Because it relied so heavily on the characters bouncing off each other with their own individual things. Robin's really serious and tries to take things really seriously. Takes a lot of things into his own hands and has problems relying on people. Starfire, very peppy, but doesn't understand a lot of Earth's customs. Raven doesn't know how to really deal with empathy and caring for other people beast boy is not mature enough to really handle a lot of in-depth or difficult situations cyborg really struggles with his humanity and his connection to others and his want to sort of be independent but also be kind of a leader and all of those things in the cartoon really bounce well off of each other and Mm -hmm. that's one interpretation of the teen titans comics if you go in the other direction you go all right so let's not adapt the cartoon we're going to do our own thing the question becomes, all right, so what do we do with what we're given? All right, so if you write it down on paper, well, you're given the characters of the Teen Titans, and then DC's like, no, 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 we're using Cyborg for our shitty Justice League movies. You're not allowed to have him. All right, so yeah. then you're stuck with Robin, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Raven. So Robin, you go, all right, so like, well, my first question is, why is he a cop? Like, did you just, was it just because in the Christopher Nolan movies, he's just a fucking cop? He's, uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the actor. It's gonna bug the shit out of me, but I cannot remember his name. I don't know. Uh, I think, I is don't, it Gordon I Levitt? never watched Is it Gordon those. Levitt? Is it Jason Gordon Levitt? I never watched them, Brad. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. We're gonna have to I, do I that at some point them. for this. Uh, We're gonna have to do that at some point for this. Uh, well, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, I think, the name of the guy that plays Robin in Dark Knight Rises. Which, he's not Robin the whole movie. The whole movie, he's just a cop who helps Batman. And then at the end, a lady at a bank is like, can you please sign your name here? And his name is fucking Robin. <laughs> is that why Robin's a cop in this? Probably. Is that the only reason? Probably. I can't think of any time where Dick Grayson's been a cop. I don't know that much about the comics. Dick but Grayson like, does become uh, a cop at some point in the comics, yes. What the fuck ever, then? I I just, I don't see what a reason f- to do that. 
Like, for me personally, like, from a character perspective, what makes it interesting that Dick Grayson's a cop? In this, it literally doesn't do anything except it explains what he does during the day and why he has access to, like, certain files. Yeah, but And he doesn't even need to fucking like, do that because he's got Bruce Wayne's fucking butler, Alfred, just wiring him money and giving him whatever he wants like he's a fucking, like, oh, Dad, I need some money and I need this stuff. <laughs> it's just so shitty. I'm sorry, go on. No, I'm just like... Robin, I was going to say the same thing as you. It's like Robin doesn't need to be a cop to have access to those because he's like he has access to everything that Bruce Wayne had access to. Like, come on. It's fucking decreasing, guys. Stop shitting on this great character. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess they needed to give him a date. Well, no, you don't. Here's the thing, because uh, uh, I'll get to the other characters in a moment. Um, What? is the serious level of this universe because robin needs to have a day job like they're like well obviously dick grayson needs to have a day job to do things hawk and dove don't from what i can tell i think well maybe i think dove's a nurse or some shit but like all right we, we operate off the then level why that, are like, they struggling for money then yeah, why are they struggling for money i mean i can only nurse. say that I mean, I can say that if you're a nurse in America, you're probably broke as shit, but I mean, that's a, that's American I mean, economics, yeah, baby. I guess, I guess it's America. It is America. It's terrible here. Um, but the point is Why that like, I you've got here? this world of all this magic and all this fucking like crazy genetic, like beast boy turns into animals and shit and Raven's like part demon and Starfire's a fucking alien, but you can't be like, yeah, Robin, I don't know, fucking makes money i he's either funded by the fucking wayne enterprises or just fucking i don't know gets his money off cryptocurrency or some fucking bullshit like something to give an excuse to just be he yeah, sells I'm a guy that pictures only... of himself on craigslist that's how he makes money robin is a male prostitute i don't the the point he's of the matter is that like, robin being a cop is not cool but in addition it's like i don't everything about robin being a cop doesn't even make sense because he can just wander out of the city out of the state he's like in i think ohio or like michigan yep. think, yeah he's in michigan he's in detroit michigan at the beginning he wanders to washington dc and they're like where are you he's like yeah i'm working a case you can't do that when you're police you can't no, you just can't. wander away that's not how your job works so it just doesn't make sense. Why not just have me a fucking private detective at that point? Because at least that would make sense. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would be an easier way to get into things. But, all right, all right. The so people on this show like, did yeah. not research. My thing is they didn't research how the fucking police department works. No, they didn't bother. So, like, here's here's the other thing. So, with that, they did not look into Robin and go, what would be interesting for this character to sort of explore how he feels about things? They didn't bother with that. They kind of came up with a character and then they're like, yeah, I guess that'd be kind of cool for Robin, I guess. Like, if we're going to shove something in there for DC. And it's the same with Beast Boy. Beast Boy, from what we've seen so far, is basically just a kid who steals shit because he's got to survive. He's like the fucking Artful Dodger from then why? Oliver Twist. Then why is he stealing video games? Why is he stealing video is games? He, also, why is, is he, selling why is he hanging them out at, at a fucking roller rink? I was going to say, is he selling those video games at the roller rink? 
Uh, I mean, I guess, like, he likes going out. It's really hard to tell exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it, because we don't get cuts of him. And you know uh, it's going to be a shit reason. Well, yeah, maybe he's with the Doom Patrol, like, in the show. Uh, or in the cartoon, which, uh, yeah, the preview for the next episode had Doom Patrol, baby, so they're coming. Um, so, uh, so Beast Boy is basically just there, from what we can tell, to be a thief and to be presumably charming and be like, Raven, have you ever thought about having fun? And this version of Raven is already so, like, childlike that she's like, yeah, sure, I like fun. Fun's great. Uh, so, I would say, after... You'd think that after being kidnapped by someone, Raven would, like, by a group of people, Raven would be apprehensive to even leave the house, let alone leave people that are, like, trying to protect her. Like, leaving Starfire's side and talking to some random person, you would think that after an experience like the one she had, she would have learned from that. And that would have made a lot more sense in writing, is that she would have learned from that and went, you know what, I need to not, you know, trust people. Talk to random people. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe you'd this guy think will that also that would create me. some sort of... Exactly, you'd think that would create some sort of trust issue and have her start putting up barriers. This would have been a great reason to start making her more Raven-like, like what we know from the comics and the cartoon, because you get they're giving her reasons to start putting up those walls. Yeah, have you seen Stranger Things? Um, I've seen, like, four episodes. Alright, I really like Stranger Things, but, uh, the point I'm gonna make here, just, it's nothing about the story. So, like, the way that Raven is portrayed here is, I think, how people would write just a kid where you write down, well, she's, like, a kid, and the things that she thinks and she feels aren't as important as, like, her dark side or, like, her dad. Like, those are the most important things about Raven. She's more of an object than she is a character in this show. And the way that I would describe it is that they're sort of trying to give her the affectations of the kids from Stranger Things. Uh, not Eleven, who's, like, her own thing, but, like, just the kids that hang out in, like, the suburbs. Where Raven's just, like, a normal girl who's kind of sarcastic whenever she's in a decent mood. Yeah. And then, otherwise, she's just like, a, yeah, I like having fun, playing video games, watching TV. All of these sort of affectations that make Raven, like dark and closed off just don't exist they're not part of the character and they don't seem interested in doing that and then so again we've got robin who's now like a cop who goes crazy sometimes but isn't like crying about it or anything he's not really that bothered by it it seems beast boy's just like a street criminal or just you know like a thief i wouldn't say stealing is terrible uh raven again just sort of a scared kid more than anything she's a scared goth kid not even like dark in any like tangible way yeah she's just a scared goth kid with an evil side and the evil side doesn't even feel that integrated yeah. into how she is as a person because she's just so sort of vibrant a lot of the time when she's not like i'm pouting otherwise she's like yeah i'm fine uh starfire they wholesale just sort of threw out the character and went you, you know what fuck it we're writing a femme fatale detective character she's like a noir detective in the beginning of this episode yeah yeah i the thing is yeah she that's basically just her it's just not really starfire in this show and i hate it it's not a bad character concept yeah. at all it's just so not it's not starfire in any sense even the crappy straight to dvd movies kind of got her personality right yeah and also like the tamaranian thing 
uh, factoring into the Trigon story, I don't think works great. Like, it probably, it would have been better if you just wrote a character that was just a member of the cult that got out and is trying to stop it. And that's what this character would be without the fire. You could even say the fire powers are just some kind of magic that the cult found instead of it being that she's an alien, mm-hmm. which we know to be the case. Yeah, and honestly, they could have gone closer to what like the comics did back in the day where it was just like, her powers are a um are a factor from like experiments. Yeah. Or she could be what the fuck is her name? Zatara or whatever? The magic chick. Yeah. Yeah, she could have mm-hmm. just been Zatara or something. Like there's not a lot of reason for this character to be Starfire. And uh overall No, there's like, not. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of rationale for this to be Teen Titans, essentially, is what we're getting at. So like beat for beat in the episode though she throws that fucking cop like down the stairs the cops weren't even like being doing anything terribly wrong she she breaks they weren't doing anything wrong they were there no she's the one breaking in there was no reason to kill that cop i don't and it definitely seemed like she did because she threw him down from the second story onto the floor and he's like bleeding on the floor she is not helping there's no indication that she's doing anything to make sure that he's okay she doesn't really seem to give a shit there's that one, like, chubby cop or, like, that older cop that's there. And then, like, she grabs him and then she, like, grabs his arm and he goes, please, no. And then she just breaks his arm anyway. <laughs> it's yep. just like, why did you do that? You because just it's edgy, Brad. Because it's edgy. He's... We gotta cut ourselves on that edge, bro. <laughs> the cop sounded like, please, no. Like, he sounded so just like, I don't, don't break my arm. You don't need to. I'll just go. Like, it's just so... And he's not... There's no indication that he's a bad guy. It's just... She's being an asshole. I don't... It's just... It's nuts. That whole scene is nuts. All the action scenes in the show are nuts. She just fucking toasts the nuclear dad. And, like, in any other, like, action show... Even in, even if you wanted this to be, like, a... Like, an action teen show. Like... Or not a teen show. Like, a fucking adult action show you would at least want to have a sequence of the nuclear dad like whipping out like a rifle or something to like try to fight starfire before she just fucking toasts him but we don't even get that you'd think but that's that's not how this show works brad and you could say it's build up but like this is like this is like three hours of build up and i mean like you you could say like episode two is fights yeah, episode two has fights. They're shitty fights, but I guess they're fights. But I mean, like, Starfire's not really... I, oh, well. Starfire's been in a fight where she killed a guy that she didn't need to kill, which was the guy in the hotel. Uh, then she roasts those three guys uh, with Constantine. And then she roasts Nuclear Dad. And then I guess she beats up the guys at the bar, but, like, do you ever... What a strange choice to have the nuclear family, by the way, be the first villains in the show. Because they're not, they're not exactly super villains. Nor are they really like. There's no real reason to see them as like uh, martial artists or anything like that. Like their their way of fighting is just they bring out weapons and then they hit you with them. And I guess they're kind of military experiments, but like there's nothing really interesting about them. They're just kind of weird, again, gritty concepts, like from something where Teen Titans wouldn't really touch. Like they would be like 
Like, they would be the kind of villains that you would see at, like, the beginning of an episode of Teen Titans that they beat immediately, and then they proceed on to, like, an actual supervillain for that episode or something. Yeah, it feels like they're more of, like, a stepping stone to what the show ultimately wanted to do. And it's like... (laughs) Right, or it's what the show wanted to do, and then they're stuck with the Teen Titans. Yep. Because I'm like, it's not that the nuclear family isn't interesting in the comics, but they're so outdated. Like, there's a reason they haven't been used since, like, way back when. Because yeah. they're really not that interesting. Like, they, you could do something cool with them. But this show, I feel like that's my gripe with this entire show, is that you could do something cool with this. You really could. It has potential. That is my note for every episode, is it has potential. It's not good, but it could be. Yeah, I, I just mean, like... Just thinking of the show, right? Like, who who do you think would would the Trigon cult hire? By the way, do you think the the old guy, like the scientist guy, maybe that's Brother Blood? Maybe like the guy that made the nuclear family. Maybe that's him. We've been we're gonna call out every time we see someone that's trying to revive Trigon. Is that Brother Blood? Honestly, like, and, what uh, else? You know, do it's you probably expect? never gonna be him. No, it's not. And I just I want some accuracy. That's all I want. I just. I want this show to be good. Ultimately, I'm like, I don't shit on it because I think, like, I don't shit on it because I hate Teen Titans. I love Teen Titans. I love, like, media. I love shows. And I just, I just want shows to be good. And I want good media. I want people to be able to consume good things. Like, you know, a salad. This show is like, old salad that you get at like taco bell that's disgusting and has been sitting there it's a there. fucking shit it's salad it's a shit salad but it could be great sorry salad's my favorite food okay that's what i relate no, it to you're good you're good you you've been very sad this whole episode no i it's not so much that i'm sad i'm just disappointed i'm just that's that's our uh, that's our review, Greg Walker. <laughs> if you, for whatever reason, tuned into this episode, we're not sad. We're not mad. We're just disappointed. We're just disappointed. <laughs> Can that be the slogan of the show, Brad? But you know how I am with this show. Is I wanted so badly for it to be good, and I think that's why I'm so disappointed by it. Is I wanted so badly for it to be a good show, because I love it. You love it. It's like a staple in our friendship, and I'm just like, come on. Come on, DC, give me something. You gave me a very attractive Aquaman, and thank you for that. Thank you, DC Universe, for a beautiful, beautiful Aquaman, and for a very fun movie. I thoroughly enjoyed the Aquaman movie. There's, like, my highlight about DC live-action stuff. This is quite the opposite, (laughs) and I'm upset, and I just... If you're going to make me uh, watch Teen Titans go to the movies, I think, like, as we go on, because it's been renewed for a second season, and it takes us a million years. Hopefully it won't take us a million years this time to record another episode, which you guys won't know about that, uh, because I will be batch uploading these uh, at some point. We still have not uploaded these to a format yet. No, it's because Uh, I have not finished the logo. We will sit through some... uh, some other DC movies, I could make you sit through a Nolan movie or two. Yeah, I'm down. Just to get through the Batman. I'll do it. 
Yeah, because, I mean, I liked those movies. I don't really remember the first one, but I liked the second and the third one. I mean, I'm down to watch whatever, honestly. I just, like, I, I've said my piece. This This episode was the most coherent, and, you know, and that's really saying something with this show, and it's sad that that's the case. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I gotta emphasize... There's a couple things you can always do whenever you do an adaptation. You can be real faithful, or you can swing for the fences. I think this show kind of swung for the fences, but it also just kind of made it into Heroes 24, Supernatural, whatever. Like, it just... Everything about this show feels like they kind of just went, I just kind of want to write a show about a cop that tries to save a little girl with a demon inside her. And then there's, like, a detective lady who's, like, also there. And then maybe a kid who's a thief, I guess, that we have to include. So far from episode three, that's what we've got. It feels like they wanted to write that show, and they had to stick Teen Titans in there. Yeah. And even on its own merits, because of all the other elements that they've added, and especially, like, the superhero elements that they've had to add, and the poor writing of Raven as being more a prop than a character. She uh, is a... She's a plot great. point. She's not a person. And yeah. I hate that. And Robin, Robin doesn't even get to be a person either, because like he can't. Everyone else is so violent and well accustomed to killing in this show that his uber violence just blends in with everything else, so mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. And he doesn't even seem that broken up about it. So the primary thing driving him isn't even that crazy. That like his conscience about like yeah i go too far isn't even fucking like a problem in this show except to him and to other characters who don't matter like hawk and dove so none of the fucking character problems matter nothing matters uh so <laughs> nothing far. matters let me raven die. blew up the church nothing matters raven blew up the church doom patrol next episode baby Coming in for a backdoor pilot for their own show. Yay. <laughs> I think so that closes out the episode. Yep. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I'll, that's enough. I'll start crying uncontrollably if we go any further. <laughs> Dear God, please don't. Uh, anything you want to plug in? show so much. Huh? It'll be okay. <laughs> Anything you want to plug? Uh, my computer in. But, um, shameless plug, uh, I don't know what yeah. I was going to say. I was going to say, go watch Goblin Slayer, because you know what? That's a great show, and I'm in it, and I play Priestess. For those of you not in the know, Hayden Davio is a popular commercial voice actress now seen in the role of Priestess in Goblin Slayer. Damn friggin' right. And in my spare time, <laughs> I shit on shows that people might enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, go, um, on my end, go check out RightlySo.com. The right place for nerdy insight. There's some articles and videos there that I made. Uh, similarly, talking shit on things. I'm making the uh, How to Fix Bleach series where I complain about bleach. And uh, then also, you can check out My Time at Portia coming out for PS4 and Nintendo Switch sometime in the future. Uh, mm -hmm. It's out on Steam right now. 
Is it and, Portia? Uh, you look up Bradley Gareth. It's Portia, my bad. I was going to say, I'm like... I've... I fucked it up. It's my time at Portia. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I'm like, I've been saying it wrong this entire time. <laughs> I'm I'm a bad wow. actor. Uh, uh, other thing, uh, always, you know, if you want to, follow mm-hmm. me on Twitter. Uh, I'm Bradley Gareth. My Twitter handle is at anime underscore brother. You can follow Hayden at... At Hey Bale Voice. I just... I post memes and I respond very exuberantly to messages if you say hello. If you come by and tell me you like the podcast, that'll make me happy and validate all of my rage toward the show. It'll be a great time. And we can bitch about this show. If you don't like the show either, you can come on over and we'll crap about the show together. It'll be great. It'll be a good time. I like talking to people. And uh, if you do like the show and you don't like us, we'll talk shit about you in the next podcast. No! I promise I'm a nice person. <laughs> I said I'm a nice person. I can't make that promise. Exactly. I was like, I'm yeah, a nice we person. Got, got, a, got a good cop, bad <laughs> cop. Uh, gonna, gonna come after everybody on social media. We have tall tall ginger cop, short Canadian cop. It's great. It's, it's our upcoming movie. All right. <laughs> I think a that's wrap. a wrap. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch you all later.